And I had a complete meltdown in class. Because I wanted to be the, the pig, and she had to take me actually out in the hallway and try to calm me down because I was so upset. But she chose me for that part. And I think about there's some deep theological and, and deeper meaning in this whole thing. Because in the end, who really won? Did the wolf win? No. The pig that made the house out of brick was the one who wins in the end. And not only did he um, have himself rescued, but he rescued who? The other pigs, the ones that made their, the, pig out, the house out of straw and the house out of sticks. And when you think about it, the Bible refers to the devil as what? A wolf, okay? He wants to devour us. We're called sheep, but there's probably maybe some parallel between sheep and pigs, but we are easily, easy prey either way. And the point is that God wants to protect us. You think about, for example, the story that Jesus told about the, the wise and the foolish builder. The wise man built his house on what? The rock. The wise man built a rock. The foolish man built his house on the sand. Okay? And the storms of life came, and the one that stood was the one on the rock, and it represented those who built the foundation of their life through faith in Jesus Christ and the foundation of his word. People are growing in the word. I want us to take a look a little more deeply into our epistle lesson for today. And there's a lot of meaning for us to define who we are in, in Christ Jesus. And it comes from, from our reading from Second Peter. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through faith in Christ Jesus. We're called living stones. First, we have the living stone, the capstone, the cornerstone. This is just a rock that's not alive. But yet, Jesus is called the ultimate living stone, the cornerstone, chosen by God for a very important purpose. We also are called living stones. And we're meant to be built into a spiritual house. On top of the cornerstone, who was what? Jesus. We are to be shaped and molded into his image. And the church is built on this. As we're going to talk about, the church is not a building. A church is the people. We are the church. And what does that mean? That we are to be people willing to sacrifice. As Jesus sacrificed for us, we are called upon to offer ourselves as spiritual sacrifices to God. It goes on, for in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. I want to stop there. There are two kinds of people in the world. Yeah, there's all different types of people when you want to break down by language, ethnicity, um, interests, age. It can be all these different categories, but when it comes right down to it, there are two types of people in the world. Those who believe in Jesus and those who do not believe. In the end, 
This is all that matters. Everything else is trivial. Do we believe in Jesus Christ or do we not believe in him? In our gospel lesson for today in John chapter 14, Jesus makes a very bold statement. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. Did he say, I am one of many ways? There are many pathways to get to heaven. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And so people are going to believe this and we're going to build the foundation of our life on Jesus Christ or we're going to trip it over this rock. In the end, truly fall on our faces and become victims to the wolf and the forces of evil in the world. A lot at stake in the short span of time called our life. And it goes on, but you, you who are in Christ, are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We're called to declare God's praises. How do we do that? And say, yeah, we're doing it right now. I think a lot of people think, yeah, that's, that's how I just, I just go to church on Sunday, do my praising, I just kind of go, and I'm incognito the rest of the week. That's not what this is saying here, okay? But first of all, there's three things here. If we want to know what it means to declare God's praise, we need to understand who we are in Christ. And the first thing is, we are a chosen people. Chosen. Remember when your kid growing up, maybe it chose teams? It's like, you know, it's okay, you have two captains and they each pick a player, and it's always kind of embarrassing to be the last one chosen, wasn't it? But it's kind of fun when you're the first one chosen. Or maybe you were applying for a job and there's a lot of candidates. You were the one chosen. How did it make you feel? Or maybe you're chosen for something like the National Honor Society or chosen to, to make the um, varsity sports team. The list can go on and on. You look back over your life, and I'm sure there's times you were chosen for certain types of awards or things like that. It feels good to be chosen, doesn't it? But how long does the thrill last? It goes away, doesn't it? It's temporary. Everything in this life is temporary. Okay? Your awards, diplomas are probably, for, for, I know mine, are, they're falling apart. The paper, I'm so old, the trophy falls, trophy's falling apart, breaking down. The most important thing in life is what this is talking about in our text. The most important thing in life is that you've been chosen by God. He chose you. He brought you to faith by the power of spirit. He's chosen you to be his children forever. And the best is going to come someday we're in heaven. We hold sometimes so tightly the things of this world, but we're just passing through here on our way to heaven. We've been chosen, and that is the most important thing. And that's something that every day when we wake up, we should be thinking to ourselves, I am a chosen child of God. And that's huge. That is absolutely huge. If you're having a bad day, 
Stop and think about, okay, what's causing your day to be bad? It's, it's going to be trivial, trivial, worldly stuff. It's going to cause, cause you a bad day. You need to stop right there and wrap your brain around the fact, I am a chosen child of God, and my future is secure, and my future is in the hands of God, and things are fine, even right now. It's special. We are all so special. Like in the book of John, when, Paul, when John refers to himself as the one who Jesus loved. I, I love that, because he thinks, Jesus loved me more than everybody else. And we can all be thinking that way. We're special. We're so special that Jesus came and gave his life and died and rose for us. And through him, our sins are taken away. We're going to live forever. We are chosen people of God. Never forget that. Think about it every day. Don't ever take it for granted. We're a royal priesthood. This one's a little tougher. Okay? You're a priest. Okay? Somebody walks up to you and says, well, well, what do you do? I'm a priest. <laughs> They're going to probably want a little bit of explanation on that one. It says it. We're a royal priesthood. What does a priest do? A priest is somebody who stands between God and people. Okay? The Bible says that Jesus is a great high priest the one who's opened up the way to the Father for us. He is the cornerstone. But now we, as living stones as well, are called into that priesthood too to direct people to the one who saves, to direct people to Jesus, the great high priest. That's our calling. It's something we should take even more seriously. There are two kinds of people in the world. Again, what are they? Those who believe and those who do not. What's our calling? to help those who do not believe to come to know Jesus, that they can believe, and that is so important. And I want to challenge this congregation, okay? You know, we have these discovery classes, these um, classes we have um, to help people to learn about the Christian faith and starting point, we call it. And we haven't seen a lot of people come into these classes that don't know Jesus, okay? Most of them are coming, and we love when people come to class, but most of them already believe. Here's the challenge. We want to see the day when those classes are full of people that don't believe that you invite. Okay? Starting point. Every time you see that thing, starting point, that's an invitation for you to think of someone you bring that class, to get them on the pathway. You know, years ago, um, maybe some of you remember, we had a bunch of paper on the wall, and we had people take sticky notes and write the names of people that you knew that didn't believe Jesus, and you put it on the wall, we prayed. Who remembers that? That was a number of years ago. During that time, we saw more people come to faith in Christ that didn't believe than probably during that month period than the, I've been here 10 years. Probably more people during that one month than the rest of the time combined. So we're taking it seriously. We're thinking about it. We're praying about it. And prayer, I know, releases God's power in greater ways. For you to start thinking about people that you, don't, that you know in your life that don't know Jesus and start praying and seeing how God is going to lead you. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Just be you in Christ. Let God give you the opportunity to walk alongside of people. Let them see Jesus at work in you. You know, a part of this too, this priesthood, is, you know, Jesus said, go make disciples. He didn't, he didn't say, just make members. Difference between church member, a church member per se and a disciple. A church member is a step towards discipleship. We come to be part of a church. He said, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey, what's the next word? Everything I have commanded you. 
as, a, as priests who were called upon to work hard. We've been saved by Christ, but to be working hard, growing in the word of God. At the start of the year, about 300 or so of you have started, made a commitment to be reading the word of God for the whole year. To go through the Bible in a year. Okay? And this is my guess. A lot of you that started, guess what's happened? You're starting to slack a little bit, right? Maybe a little bit. I want to encourage you to jump back in. So well, I'm three months behind. We'll start with today's reading and get going again. Being in the Word of God. You know, we have a, our Christian school. I went and talked to the, the eighth graders here recently, and some of them have been in, in that school since kindergarten. And every year, they're memorizing Bible verses every week. And I calculated for them that over the course of the time they were in our school that they memorized over 300 different sections of verses in the, in the Bible. I'm thinking, wow, what an incredible thing. It takes work. Whether you're in, you know, maybe you're, you're not in school, maybe even if you aren't in school, maybe you're going to a different school um, that, that maybe doesn't have, you know, Bible teaching, but we need to take the effort to be in the Word of God. And the more that we do that, invest our time in God's Word, the more the fruit is going to come forth. And I was thinking back to um, a number of years ago, and we had, in my last church, um, a number of people that went to China. They were missionaries, but they weren't called missionaries. They went there so, you know, to teach the Chinese people how to speak English, okay? But they were missionaries while they did it, because China does not, not allow missionaries in their country. And so they went there, and they shared, and in one year, they brought back a gal from there. And I've, I've talked about her before, but I want to kind of update you as far as what's happened. Her name was Hope, and they asked if I would take time every week to meet with her and disciple her. And I'm thinking, I've got a really busy schedule, Okay? I sometimes do Bible classes with a lot of people. Just to invest that much time with one person first, I kind of thought, that's a lot of work, but God called me to do it. And I worked with her solidly for a year and saw her grow incredibly in her faith. And she went back to China, and I could not contact her or email her because that would get her in trouble because she started an underground church. And that church has branched now into two churches. And I just heard recently that she started a Christian school, underground Christian school, in China. And so one person is multiplying something time and time again. That's what happens in the kingdom of God. You plant a seed of God's word, and God, the Holy Spirit, takes that and just multiplies it and lets it grow. And my friends, we can change the world. Jesus did it with 12, minus Judas, 11. And then Paul joined that rank. And they changed the world. Don't ever sell what God can do through us short. We are a priesthood. And finally, we are a holy nation. Chosen people, royal priesthood, we're a holy nation. Okay? Our citizenship is in heaven. We're passing through this planet. I think about my mom, and my mom was, was huge in me coming to faith because I didn't believe in high school. And I think about, I was a bit rebellious. Um, you know, I just, I was, yeah, I'm not going to go into details how rebellious I was, but I did not always do the right things in life. And, and my mom she was determined to have me truly believe in Christ. And, but she did it by, she worked at a Christian bookstore, and she would put things on my bed. There'd be Christian books on my bed, and, you know, oh, goes mom again. And I started reading them. And then one day I got this, this um, album, you know, the LP, you know, that's starting to come back to them again. It's kind of cool, you know. And, and um, it was a, a Christian rock and roll guy. The, one of the first ones ever, I was in was Larry Norman. And the, the title of the album was Just Visiting This Planet. And I love that album. And my life began to change because of my mom. 
And just that title, just visiting this planet, we're passing through this planet to our real home, which is heaven. We are the nation of God. We are God's holy people. We are the kingdom of God on earth, representing God as we live out our days on this planet. When you ask a lot of Christian people, tell me about your church, what do they describe to you? A building. Yeah, it's got this A-frame and this cool altar and got these pews, and that's their concept of church. Is that what this is saying right here? What's God's word saying to us? No, the church is not a building. We are the church. It's living, it's active, it's moving. What is happening here is important, but what's equally, if not even more important, is what's happening out there. You want to declare God's praises, it just starts here. And it goes all week out there as we connect with other believers out there too. The stones need to be connected. We're not meant to be alone. The wolf likes to divide the flock and pick them off one at a time. Even out there, we need to connect ourselves with Christian people around us and work together to build up the kingdom. They may not all be members of the church. Maybe people at work that you know are Christian, people at school you know are Christian, or people on your sports team, whatever it is, your neighborhood, coming together, joining up, working together with the power of the Holy Spirit and seeing what God leads you to do. And amazing things begin to happen as we trust the Holy Spirit to work through this. A holy nation on our way to our real home in heaven. So in closing, my friends, there's something very important for us to take away. We are special. We're chosen people. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. You know, Peter, the writer of this, there was a time when Jesus came to the disciples and said, who do people say that I am? They started saying, well, maybe you're John the Baptist or maybe you're Elijah. Well, what about you? Who do you say I am? Who answered? It was Peter, the same writer of this text. He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for that. This has not been revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my spirit. You are Peter, and on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And that rock is Jesus. And Peter became one who built his foundation on Jesus. History tells us he was crucified upside down in Rome and led many people to know Christ. But he wasn't even afraid to die because he knew the most important thing is a relationship with Christ. And I want to encourage us to really focus on that this week and think about what it truly means to know that we are a chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. And what a blessing that is because of what Jesus has done for us. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for making us so special, for choosing us. Even though we sin and mess up, you choose us and you forgive us and you put us in this amazing family and you call us to represent you, to share with others, to be priests for you. You call upon us to be a holy nation that when we leave here today, we, your church, is going out into the world a living, active organism. We are living stones, and we're going to connect with those other living stones out there, and Lord, use us to change this world in greater ways. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. This time the offering will be received. You please um, sign the registers in your rows at this time as well.
rise to join together confessing our faith in the words of Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the living God and Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God, very God, begotten not made being in one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us man and for our salvation came down from heaven, what is incarnate by the Holy Spirit, Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he arose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead. His kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism through remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you favor and give you his peace as we go forth, knowing that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
and a blessed Mother's Day to all the moms here today. Amen. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Our God, you reign forever. Our hope, our strong. and serve the Lord and one another, and have a blessed Mother's Day. Amen.
Oh, oh, oh.